0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It's an absolute joy to be here with you this morning, and I bring with you the, the blessings, the prayers, the well wishes of your brothers and sisters up from beautiful Savior Lutheran Church in Marietta, Georgia. It's, it's a, a privilege to be united together in one family of faith. And a, a privilege, too, to consider this wonderful and masterful story that Jesus tells for our benefit this morning. You see, when Jesus tells a story like this, it's, it's really an invitation He's asking us to consider his words and to ask ourselves where we see ourselves in this story. And today, today we all do, right? It's a story about a a wasteful, rebellious son and a father who loves to welcome him back. It's, It's a good story with a happy ending. So there's this kid who goes to his father and says, Father, give me my share of the inheritance and maybe you can kind of connect the dots and understand what he's saying. Dad, what I really want is your money, and I'm not going to get that till you die, and you're kind of taking your time doing that. So why don't you just give me the money now? And the father actually does. And back in those days, it wasn't as simple as cashing in a 401k or, or going off and writing a check. You just have to imagine the look on the father's face as he's selling off some of the acreage that he'd been working for decades or the cattle and the crops that he had been raising for years. And he takes the gold and he drops it into the hands of his son, only to watch his son turn around and put as many miles as he could between him and the father who had only shown him love. What the son wanted most of all was to live life without, without his father in the way. He wanted to do all of those things that he could never do when his father was watching him. And so he does them all. Maybe what's surprising isn't that that's what ruined him, it's surprising to see how quickly it happened. We're four verses into the parable when this son has his wallet empty, his son empty, and he's longing to eat whatever foul-smelling wretch is squishing up between the hooves of the pigs. So Jesus says it in a simple way. He came to his senses. Literally, he he came back to himself. He he realized, what was I thinking? And he begins a long walk home. It's one of Jesus' most well-known stories. I'm sure you know how it goes. On the way home, the son begins to practice that line that's going to get him back into his father's good graces. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Let me work my way back in but he doesn't even get the chance to finish it. Don't miss the details. Jesus tells us while he was yet a long way off, his father saw him. Jesus has us picture that father every day, waking up, scanning the roads, waiting, wondering, watching if this is the day that maybe that boy comes back. You know, I've got a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old. When they come inside after a couple of hours of playing in the Georgia heat and look to give me a hug, I tell them, maybe it'd be a good idea if you go take a shower first. This son had been sitting in bars and brothels. He had been in the arms of prostitutes and the slop of pigs, and when the father finally sees him, he, he runs to him, wraps his arms around him, and he can't stop kissing him. And grace just surrounds him. Sometimes Christians are tempted to, to allegorize this story, to try to uh, find the hidden meaning of each and every detail. Maybe as the Father wraps the robe around him, that's like Christ's righteousness being wrapped around us. When he puts that ring of sonship on his finger, maybe that's like our baptism that makes us God's son. He puts new sandals on his feet, maybe a chance to walk with God today, but, but Jesus doesn't do that or give us all those meanings. Maybe is it just this simple? When God forgives us, it's never just words. He surrounds us with grace in a way that touches every part of our lives. The minute you come into the Christian faith, the minute you step into a Christian church, it's, it's not a list of demands and it's not a, we'll wait and see if you prove yourself worthy of this. God surrounds us with With His grace, with His love, with Christian family, with words of comfort, with prayers. It it touches every part of our lives. And the minute that that happens to us, when we find ourselves in that moment when God surrounds us with His grace, we just want to stay in that moment forever. You know, it's a good story because it's our story. We've all found ourselves sitting in the garbage looking at the mess that we've made for ourselves. And we love the story of a God that says, no matter what you've done, I'm always ready to take you back. I'm here waiting with a a ring, a robe, and a fattened calf. I'll surround you with my grace and love again. And when when you hear those Father's words of forgiveness, when you have his arms wrapped around you, you just want to rejoice in that moment and never leave. But Jesus doesn't let us stay in that moment. There's more to the story. That's an irony about the parable that we consider this morning. It's one of Jesus' most well-known and well-loved stories, but but it's also one of the ones where we miss the point the most. If you doubt that, just ask yourself what decades, the generations of Christians have called this story. It's, It's the parable of the prodigal son. But when Jesus begins to tell it, he doesn't say, you know, there's a story about this kid who who runs away and comes back and and is welcomed into his father's love again. He says there's a man and he has two sons. He tells us a story about both of the boys because he wants us to see what the father's love is for all people. And so the party for that younger brother started while the older one was still in the field. He was always in the field, that older brother. He was the good son, the dependable one, the the chip off the old block. He was dependable and hardworking. He was trustworthy and faithful. He was everything that that kid brother of his never was. So he comes back in again after a, a long day of hard work out in the field and he hears something, music, and laughter, and dancing, and, and then he hears a sound that he never thought he would have heard again, his kid's brother's voice. He, he can't believe it, so he, he grabs a servant who's walking by, and he just demands to know what's going on, and when the servant tells him that his brother has come home again, and, and a party's being thrown in his honor, he just can't believe it. He can't bring himself to go back inside the house where that little wasteful wretch of a brother of his is being celebrated so he just leans up against the house and he slumps down into the dirt and sits there. And that's when the father finds him. And when he does, it all comes out. Look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and I never disobeyed your orders but you never even gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. And now this this son of yours who has wasted your wealth with prostitutes comes home and you kill the fattened calf for him. He was hardworking. He was obedient. He was dependable and trustworthy. But he had a heart like burnt toast. No compassion. No grace. No love. You have to wonder. After his little brother ran away... Did he ever worry about him? Say a prayer for him? As he watched his father's heart break, did he ever sit down and put his arm around him and tell him it's going to be all okay? That older brother had high expectations for himself and for everyone around him. And his kid brother, he failed and didn't meet him. And now, when he sees his father's forgiveness, his his father's foolishness, he realized that Dad didn't meet his expectations either. And you know Jesus tells this story, and we, we see ourselves in that younger brother who runs away and finds his way back home. Do you ever see yourself in the older brother? Maybe we should try. When Jesus first told this story, he, he told it to people who were maybe a lot like many of us here. They were the ones that you would always find in church. They would work to, to build up their congregation with their service, with their prayers, with their offerings. If there was anyone in their church family that needed their help, of course they would be there to do it because they knew what was right and they tried to do the things that were right. And then Jesus came into their town. And he started seeking out the lost sons and daughters in their community. And that didn't seem so right to them. This one welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus tells a story. And asks them where they fit in it. The story of The lost son is a good story, and we we love to hear it again and again. Do you see yourself in the story of the other son, too? Jesus tells us stories so that we can ask ourselves how we think about the lost sons and daughters in our lives. Do you think about them the same way that Jesus does? Do you love them? They're the the grown-up kids who don't come to church. The gay friend at work. The couple that were standing up in your wedding and best friends with you for years and years, but certainly don't have much of a place for Christ in their life. Churches and Christians think about people like that in different ways. Sometimes Christians hear Jesus' story of the lost son and they tell themselves that loving people in the way that Jesus loves them means that you, well, you certainly don't talk about sin or repentance or a change of life. And of course, that's foolish. I mean, after all, Jesus talks about repentance and forgiveness and a change of life more than anyone else. God doesn't call us back to the Father's house so we can stay out there in whatever mess we've made and Jesus doesn't die to forgive our sins so that we can continue to go on sinning. And make no mistake, when, when Christians or churches deal with lost sons and daughters like that, God makes it clear that they are putting them further on the road to hell and farther away from the love of their Father in heaven. You know, no church body is perfect, but I don't think we tend to make that mistake so much. We, we work hard to hold to God's word. We work so hard to make sure it's in the center of our preaching and our worship and our teaching. We, we read our Bibles at home. We, we make sure that we come here and repent of our sins and try to leave our sins behind. And we, we take that message and we share it with others too. We work as hard at that, I think, maybe as the older brother worked out in the field for his father all day. But he missed something too somehow somewhere along the way he lost sight of his father's love when the younger son realized when the younger son realized his sin against his father and wanted to come home the older son would have nothing to do with it there was just no place in his life for someone who had done the kind of things that his brother had done and rebelled against his father the way that he had Jesus tells a story so we understand his love and so that we consider our own. Do you love the lost the way that he does? Do you struggle sometimes to share his forgiveness with with the bad sons who look to come back to his grace? Do you wait and watch and, and maybe be willing to allow it if they come back into the Father's house? Or do you run to them and plead with them and try to surround them with his grace? Do you ever see yourself in the story of the good son with a burnt toast heart? And But again, it's not just a story of two sons. There was a man who had two sons. It's a story about the father. Have you ever held on to a grudge? Or been stuck in a self-righteous condemnation of someone else's sin in a way that refused to hold out God's forgiveness so that everyone around you could see it? Well, then none of them just amaze you to see what the father does here. There the older brother is, sitting and pouting outside the father's house. And what does the father do? He goes out to him. His father went out and pleaded with him. It's hard to imagine a father like this. The, the words that Jesus used are a repetitive action. It's not just, oh, come back in, you doorknob, and don't sit out here all alone. It's, it's begging and pleading that he would come and share in the father's happiness and rejoice in the son returning home. He was dead. And now he's alive. When you and I, when we struggle to share God's love and forgiveness, With people whose sins might be more obvious than our own. Where should the Father be? He should be a million miles away in heaven rejoicing with the angels that are throwing a party over a single sinner who comes to repentance, but He's not. He's out there pleading with us, pleading with hard hearted sons and daughters so that we would see His love for the lost children too. And He has an answer. My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, don't forget, he was yours too. He was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus tells a story about one son who was pretty sure that his home was a prison and his dad was a jailer. And another son who was pretty sure that his home was a factory and his father was the boss. And a father who just looked and saw his kids and wanted them both home. It's a story about grace. It's a story where Jesus tells us that that father is his father. A father so loving, he gave his only son so that sinners like you and me could go to heaven to be with him forever. A father so powerful, he could raise that son from the dead so that we could have new life. A father who is so faithful. He makes us his children through the waters of baptism and promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us no matter how far we wander. A father who is so joyful that he doesn't care about what sins lie in our past. He only cares about holding us in his arms forever. This story isn't just about sons who are lost. It's about a father who loves them both. Jesus doesn't tell us how the story ends. He doesn't want us to think about how he ends the story. But about how we'll end the story. He wants us to see the father's love for both sons. So that that we can understand his love for us. And he wants to fill us with that same grace. Love people with a grace that makes no sense at all. Love them with a forgiveness that doesn't ask if they've earned or deserved it. Love them with a joy that doesn't just wait and watch for them to come home, but runs out to the lost sons and daughters in your life and pleads with them. That they might find the love of their father that surrounds every part of their life with that grace. And when you do that, you'll read this story and won't just find yourself in the wasteful son who ran away or in the hard-hearted son that refused to see God's forgiveness for others. But, But God will open your eyes to see a greater miracle yet. The love of the father living and beating in your heart too. May God grant that for us, in us, and through us. Amen. I invite you to rise as we confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed.